We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McGeckron, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. I am excited to announce an upcoming in-person art show June 18th and 19th in Chicago. The McLyco Art Show is three artists over two days and everyone is invited. On this episode of Eager to Know, my conversation with McLyco co-artists Marlon Lyles and Jeff Cote. I am here with Jeff Cote and Marlon Lyles who are... The other artists at Greenleaf Art Center that are always there. <laughs> so when I go in the morning, uh, I can always count on the two of you being there because sometimes it gets very lonely. Yes, so. we're early morning people. We're early birds. Now, have you guys always been early birds? Yes. Yes. I have always been just because of work. Sometimes work started at seven. But I think even growing up as a kid, I was an early bird um, an early riser. So I still am at the ripe old age of whatever. Don't you feel that people, because you guys were in the non-artistic creative world, you were obviously in finance, you were a teacher, I did something else. And I feel like when I got into this creative world, people aren't really morning people. People tend to, I feel like they work at night and they don't kind of do the nine to five thing. Yeah. Creative people, I think in general are, are much they're, they're night owls, you know, their, their energy comes at night. Um, and we are, you know, we're in bed at nine o'clock and up at the crack of dawn. So we're, we're completely opposite. Yeah. And still a morning person. The creativity is still during the morning. I think now after being retired, it's a, it, it can happen a little bit later when I say a little bit later, maybe like 10 or so during the day. I mean, in the morning, but and then I've noticed that there have been some creative hours more towards the afternoon at times. But generally, I'm still a morning person. Now, how has COVID, this is a big question, but uh, how has this past year or however long it's been affected your art, your creativity and your art production? Art production really hasn't changed. Before COVID, we were... I was very isolated. Still, I would get up and go to the studio and paint by myself. And creativity and creation of art really didn't change for me during COVID. Yeah, you were still pumping things out like crazy. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it really changed. I think just because emotionally, with everything else that was going on, um, with the protest and with the police activity, uh, all of that just kind of took the... Si- took the wind out of my sails for a while and that definitely dampened my creative spirit okay now would do you think something like that would have affected you if you were say teaching as opposed to creating artwork because i know you know obviously that's what you used to do oh absolutely it would have had probably even a much larger impact because my students had they came from diverse backgrounds and so i'm sure what was happening around this country was of like on the forefront of what they were seeing and what they would have been experiencing. So it probably would have had an, even a greater impact on me than it did. Yeah. Do you think that 
permanently change the trajectory of your art, do you think? I would generally say that my art isn't very political, but at the same time, I have created a couple of pieces during this last month, a year and a half, that have been about what's happening out there in the world, uh, about, you know, black men being killed, about this virus being spread. So um, I don't know permanently because so much of my work is geometric abstraction, but I do work along with um, my silhouettes of my G-Man. And so, um, you know, future projects, I think, are just going to come as they've been in my head for quite some time. And I think they will be, I'll be able to produce those no matter what. Now, I know for me, the COVID didn't really affect my output at all. Like I, I sort of felt like it was now everyone was like me. Because when I became an artist, suddenly I felt removed from society Mm -hmm. because I was by myself in a studio every day Mm -hmm. and I felt a bit removed from society. And then when COVID happened, I'm... I was thinking, oh, now everyone knows. I felt more connected. I was at the same wavelength. Everyone else was at the same wavelength as me. So it didn't really affect my production. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my production has plummeted recently for reasons other than, um, you know, other than COVID. I'm sort of just struggling creatively. Sure. But um, but you know I was I was going strong up until uh, you know a few months ago. Jeff, tell me about your, you have an upcoming residency, which I know you were going to do and we were all excited about yeah, that and yeah. then it didn't happen. Yeah. So let's hear about it. So during October of 2019, I was accepted into a residency program in France. Um, there is a chateau in Orqueville, France that hosts uh, residents uh, each year. And they gather uh, 14 artists from around the world and put them in a single house, a very large house. Uh, but they provide a bedroom and a studio space for each artist. And, and their goal is not for the artist to create or any structure around the program, but for artists to interact with each other and see how your art changes because of that interaction. Um, The only requirement is to leave one piece of art that was created during the residency program behind to become part of their permanent collection. And what is the duration? Um, The residency programs vary between two and four weeks, and I am lucky enough to have acquired a four-week residency. So the original uh, date, the original um, residency was scheduled for April of 2020. Then it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And finally, uh, I am going to France uh, during the entire month of September of 2021. So looking forward to it. That's going to be amazing. And what's so exciting about that to me hearing that is what that's going to do for your artwork. Like that's going to completely, I'm assuming it's going to completely change your art. Because the artists are not only visual artists, but they will be writers, poets, uh, musicians, um, all, all of the creative arts will be represented there. So you'll have input from every, every conceivable facet. 
What was the driving factor to do that? Were you just looking for a new experience? Were you looking to change the direction of your artwork? Tell, why was, why was, would you want to put yourself in this situation? Sure. I was looking for, honestly, it came across my Instagram feed. Um, uh, Chateau Orqueville, you know, has been doing this for years and years. And it just came across my feed and... I've always been a Francophile, and I thought this would be a wonderful pairing to create art in France. Now, is there going to be instruction, or is it just going to be you are creating, and then there'll be critiques and that type of thing? There, There's no instruction whatsoever, no structure. Um, you create or not create, and, and they encourage you get a car and travel around the area for a long weekend and you know absorb whatever you want to absorb. And then each night they have family dinner. So you're, you gather with everyone else in the residency program and eat and talk and exchange ideas and you know, see what happens with your creativity. The family dinner thing sounds great, but not having instruction and just being there for a month, I would feel, I feel like I would need guidance. But I think the big purpose is to take away all of the daily distractions that we have. And we have plenty in our daily lives that pull us away from being creative. So to have all of those distractions removed and to have somebody or a group of people just free to create artwork, I think, I feel like that's probably more of the purpose of it. And, you know, you know, if I could wake up every day and not, or for a period of time at least, and not have to think about, you know, turning on the TV and seeing what's going on there, I don't have to think about paying bills. I don't have meals. Yeah, I don't have to think about yeah meals. You don't have to. Everything is kind of taking, you know, taking care of for you. That that's a that's a huge freedom uh, that can possibly allow just creative expression for some time. Yeah, that makes sense. I know when I I, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but I did a uh, a six week class in at the Florence Academy of Art. In, in Florence. And basically, that's why I did it was I remember telling my friend, I was very frustrated with where my painting was going, and how I wasn't I was being distracted by everything. And we, I was drinking wine with my friend, JR on his couch. Uh, and I said, I need to go to painting rehab. Like, I need to go away. I need to be locked away, sure. away from Boston. I don't care if it's Kansas, it doesn't matter. And I need to be like nine to five with guidance and instruction and other artists. And I did a little bit of research and that's how I found the Florence Academy of Art. But it was basically kind of kind of that, except mine had instruction, which is just, that's how I work. Mm-hmm. Like I, I work better with that sort of guidance and sure. instruction. And do you think that significantly impacted the way you work? Uh, well, it certainly uh, um, impacted the way my technique because it was very much, um, you know, classical approach, uh, classical approach to drawing and painting. Um, it was like the military. It was not creative. It was very, very rigid. And it was about um, doing specific techniques mm-hmm. and specific, uh, like first we would be copying um, classic um, uh, drawings and then we eventually got to painting. And I remember everyone there was, um, I think there was like 12 of us. Everyone was a very, very different artist, but they were all visual artists. And we all said the same thing. Everyone was 
excited for us that we were there and they wanted to see what we were producing. Like they were expecting all of this amazing stuff and we really weren't producing stuff like that because it was drills. So we were be pr- producing a simple drawing or sure. a simple charcoal drawing, but it was all about the technique and in things that people really wouldn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it wasn't like we were painting these amazing landscapes in Italy. It was nothing like that. So we all kind of said the same thing. Like no one back home understands what's going on, but we all think that this is amazing. And it's something that we, it's like invaluable to our, to our, our, what we create. And again, everyone was different in terms of what they created, um, out, you know, before we got there and everybody benefited from it. That makes sense. I understand that, but it's also interesting. Jeff and I were recently in, uh, San Jose del Cabo and we met an artist who was being, let's say, classically trained as a painter and his experience with that was it was too limiting so as he wanted to express himself express himself in various ways the instruction only followed a certain pattern and therefore he had to get out of that because he felt his creativity was being stifled and then therefore afterwards he became a self-taught otter Self-taught artist, blah, <laughs> having problems. Yeah, self-taught, self-taught artist. Yeah. But but don't you think that understanding those foundations are important? Even if you decide that, you know, I want to be an abstract painter, mm-hmm. I, don't you think that they would they sure. would apply? Um, to him? I mean, I would be curious to see what he would think. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I'm not a. Um, technically trained artist i've taken um art but i'm not a technically trained artist the more i create and what i learn from my creations guides me into gaining additional knowledge from the art world yeah but it i don't know that i needed to know this information prior to me creating art once i do gather an understanding about more and different um artists and the movements, I think it enhances my creativity, but the creativity is, it seems like it's very um, authentic and it's, uh, it's not guided by some type of instruction that I've had in the past. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's, that's why I'm, in, you know, obviously you're like that. You, uh, Jeff, are definitely like that in terms of, you know, because we've had multiple conversations and your work is just coming out of you. Um, or as I'm, I'm not, and that's why I'm excited about the show that we're doing. So we're having a show, the three of us, June 18th and 19th for people in Chicago at the Greenleaf Art Center. And it's just the three of us. And all of our work is completely different, <laughs> totally completely different. different. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I create geometric abstraction as well as, and that's generally just ink on paper as well as I do paintings and very controlled, very, I use, um, I use silhouettes, I use stencil to create the images that I, but I, that I like and enjoy. And that's very different than what both of you guys do. Sure. And uh, so I have drawings as well as paintings that will be part of the exhibit for in Marlin, will your stuff be um, 
stuff that's been created, like say in the past year or? Oh, definitely work that's been created in the last year, in the last six months, uh, as well as older pieces and definitely looking for uh, creating a collection. I have various collections of my, I have a G-Man series, which is a, an, an image that I absolutely love because it has, for me, it represents order and it represents um, safety and security, but then there's also a, a certain amount of information that's hidden behind this image uh, that, I've, that I've chosen to use. And I think the exploration for me, as well as for the viewer, is to look beyond that silhouette and look beyond that image that's generally presented. And so my work will be a variety <laughs> of, uh, of the G-Man, as well as abstract paintings and abstract drawings. Jeff, your stuff is going to be from what period? Pretty much the, the last year, uh, I've been painting a great deal and producing a lot of work. Um, there, there will be some older pieces. So, you know, the, it, it'll be great to be able to show the, the new work, the, primarily what's been created during COVID, um, but also basically a clear the decks type of sale to make room because I have canvases stacking up. So, so there'll be some great sale prices. <laughs> Absolutely. I think with, with it being at the Greenleaf Art Center and there just being the three of us, we will have a significant amount of wall space to show our work and to show the various groupings of our work. And people can very easily take in the different styles that we may have and that we will present. And then the differences between all of our works that are... Within the body, within each body. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be showing... I have, I have a bunch of stuff that is older. Mm -hmm. So I have some really good quality paintings that have never sold. Mm -hmm. So the, the, What's interesting is I always know when something is going to sell. Mm -hmm. Like I know it eventually will sell. And I have a lot of them like that yeah. that they just haven't sold yet. But I know that they will eventually sell. Yeah. Um, so I have a few of those. And then I have um, some from my series from um, gas stations mm -hmm. and auto repair places. Okay. And those I have not presented in person yet. Oh. Um, the last show I had was the motels, okay. which I sold like over half of those. Right. So I don't have many of those left. But this new series, no one has actually ever seen them mm -hmm. in person. Oh, and I, I tend know. to get sales in, per you know, sure. this is why we do, th do this, yeah. is people love stuff online, um, but it's harder to get to people to pull the trigger, so to speak, and buy it. And what happens is people come to my shows and they're like, okay, these are all great, the ones I'm looking at, but I saw this blah, blah, blah one online yeah. and I've been looking at it for a year. Yeah. And I'll be like, sometimes just sell it right there, yeah. even if it's, you know, it's not in front of me mm -hmm. or in front of the person, but people are kind of having that connection with the artist, the artwork, right. et cetera. So I'm hoping that that will happen. A, a show that you had, I believe, was at the Galleria. Was that Vietnam? Uh, and did you sell all of the works from Vietnam? Um, so that was all Vietnam. I sold some of it. I have some of it left over. Mm -hmm. Not a lot, though. Okay. I think I have two pieces okay. left over from that series. Okay. 
Uh, those were, again, that was one I didn't, that, sh that show didn't do very well in person. Um, unfortunately, I was very upset uh, <laughs> and I didn't sell a lot. I did sell a lot afterwards. Like I would have another show sure. and people would talk sure. about, reference those uh, paintings. Mm -hmm. So eventually everything sold except like two of them. Okay. Yeah, that was a great show. I remember the the balloons and the bike and the uh, motorcycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, that is a great painting. Yeah. I don't say that about all you know many paintings, but yeah. that one was awesome. And uh, the guys that own that are my friends, mm -hmm. so awesome. I can visit it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's spectacular. I think one of the nice aspects of the show that's coming up is the varying sizes of the work that will be presented because we have I have paintings that are I think six by six and Jeff yours go up to six inches by six inches six inches by six inches yes and Jeff your sizes go up to I have small works all the way up to 110 by 72 inches uh, canvas pieces and Ricky I have the smallest ones I have are probably 12 by 18 okay. and then the biggest I think is 48 by 36. Okay. So it's pretty it's pr it's pretty broad. Yeah. And then I also have some studies that I will probably sell. Mm. Um I have bundles of I I do a lot of sketches mm -hmm. when I'm doing a painting and I keep all of them yeah. and I kind of bundled them all together. Okay. So uh I'll be selling those as well. Oh. That'll nice. be fun. So, yeah, it'll be fun. So it's Friday night, June 18th from 5 to 9 p.m. Yeah. And on Saturday, June 19th from noon to 4? 10 a.m. to 4. 10 a.m. to, to 4. So, well, cool. Um, it's been really fun working with you guys and prepping for this show. And I'm really looking forward to it. Great, same here. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. It's breaking the the, the COVID <laughs> uh, cycle and yeah, the COVID dry spell and just being able to come on out and, you know, we're still following COVID guidelines and we're going to be masked, but uh, it'll be great to be out and experiencing art and art collectors and buyers and friends. all that. Friends, yeah. Good, and there will be... Some deals on art. Major deals on art. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Well, thank you guys for... Uh, actually, we're doing this interview in person. This is the first interview since COVID that I've done in person. Everything else has been Zoom, which is okay. But in person is... I miss, I miss chatting in person with people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I do. This is very cool. All right. Well, thank you guys. Yes. Thank indeed. you. Thank you. If people want to check our various Instagrams, I am Ricky McEachran Artist on Instagram. I am at Marlon Lyles. And I am CHGO Art. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.